and welcome to Atheist Talk on KTNF AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Good morning to all of you joining us locally by the radio and streaming online. We appreciate you tuning in. Today is Sunday, June uh, 10th, I think. <laughs> um, I'm your host, Hertzie Hertz, and I'm in studio with Heather Heggie, Steve Peterson, and Joseph Homrick. Today is... Uh, t- Today we're going to be talking about the Day of Reason. The Day of Prayer started in 1954 and has gone through some changes since then. And in 2003, people started looking at the Day of Reason as a counterpoint. Here with us is Steve Peterson, one of the founders of Minnesota's Days of Reason, and board chair Heather Heggie. This is an open conversation, and we welcome and encourage listener interaction with your phone calls to 952-946-6205, your emails to radio at mnatheist.org, or tweet us at at Atheist Talk. The phone number is only available when we're live, but you can always email or tweet whether we're live or you're listening to the podcast. Steve, Heather, Joseph, welcome to Atheist Talk. Morning. 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 It's kind of fun to have a full studio. <laughs> Good morning, Hertzie. So, Steve... You are you're starting a little bit about this, but why don't you tell us about like the the founding of Minnesota Atheists Day of Reason? Well, it started uh, uh, originally the AHA, the American Humanist Association, and WASH, Washington Area Secular Humanist Association, in 2003, came up with this idea, and a number of us were at a conference in 2003 that the internet wasn't really all that effective. Uh, we had email, which was dial up and everyone had AOL. It's hard to imagine just a few years back. Um, and so it was word of mouth. And my recollection is Rob Boston was talking about it. And so I actually thought it was Americans United for Separation of State and Church that started it. But of course, I didn't know at the time he was a board member of the AHA. And uh, he gave a talk about why we should do the Day of Reason. So a bunch of us came back from that convention. I, I remember exactly which one it was and and we thought let's do a day of, a day of reason here in Minnesota. So we've always kind of done it as this independent operation um, unaffiliated with uh, other organizations but we've always incorporated as many organizations as we can into it and um, our, our goal was to go into the capital uh, of Minnesota and have a voice, an alternative voice to the day of prayer. They were always meeting on the front steps. And uh, so we reserved the rotunda and gave an alternative program. And legislators over the years have always been a little bit skeptical of us, but that's okay. And we're, we're there to be visible. In order for the legislators to go out to the day of prayer, they had to go by us if we're in the rotunda. So they all knew that we were there. And that's really always been the goal of the uh, <clears throat> of the of the day of reason is to show that there's an alternative point of view to those people who solely want to rely on prayer. And the day of prayer has always been a um, a very narrow focus. Um, it's not ecumenical. Liberal churches do do not usually participate. Um, and in, uh, in churches that are uh, minority viewpoint churches, Muslims, uh, Jewish a lot of times, uh, non-denominational Unitarians and things, they're usually not part of the Day of Prayer. Um, in fact, uh, we've had some of those participate in the Day of Reason because it's a much more inclusive... Uh, um, the Day of Reason is, is non-inclusive, is not... In, inclusive of only atheists or sec or those of us who are non-religious, 
uh, it's inclusive of almost anybody who wants to participate in government and has a skeptical view of how you should solve problems, a critical thinking view. And that's the orientation of the day of reason. And so, so it tends to include a lot more people. It's a much broader way of inclusion. And that's how I think the American Humanist Association, when they originated it, uh, had the idea. And that's the way we've always operated. Joseph, you're writing on your paper. <laughs> that means you have a good question. Well, I always have questions. Um, uh, Steve, could you tell us about state legislators who have recognized the Day of Reason and spoken with you? And also, in your recollections, any surprises? Yeah, there were always surprises. So the first one we did was in 2006. And um, the Secretary of State then was Mary Kiffmeyer, uh, somebody who is to the far right of most of the positions in government from uh, on separation of state and church, there would be very little agreement with. She would always be on the opposite side. But she was speaking to the day of prayer, given welcome to the Capitol. So we invited her, and she came. And she's actually been there three times. Uh, so that's a surprise, because each time she's spoken to us, she's never agreed with any position Minnesota Atheist has had, but she respects our right to participate. And when you give the welcome to the Capitol, that's really what you're asking them to do. You're asking them to respect your right to be there and have your voice heard. And in that regard, she was very gracious, and, uh, and we've appreciated it. Uh, Representative Phyllis Kahn, she showed up the first year, but we had our Minnesota Atheist sign, and she said, I'm not getting my picture taken underneath that sign. But then the next year she came, and she got over it, and she came for many years. And she started the Secular Caucus, of which she was the only member. Um, but then a couple of years later, she doubled her caucus, Representative Mike Freiberg. And then the next year, she, she said, well, according to um, government political calculations, there were three representatives, so she tripled the caucus. Um, and a couple of years ago, we had uh, five members show up. And uh, um, so over time, they've gotten used to atheists being in the Capitol and have gotten used that we have a voice that they can find commonality with. And that's really what we're looking for. Uh, Heather, you and Steve have both spoken at the state Capitol on the Day of Reason. Is that correct? Yes. Would you uh, set the stage for us so the presentation is in the rotunda and mm -hmm. are there chairs in front? Are people lined up along the perimeter of the rotunda? What was the experience like? Yes, we set up, we have it uh, presentation style. We have a podium in the front and ch chairs in the rotunda, not in the exact center. They protect the center and we have two two areas of chairs. And depending on the turnout, there will be people standing. Uh, this. Uh, most recent year, we had to have our program at 1.30 instead of at noon. Uh, all these years, we've had it during the lunch hour, which has encouraged people to take a lunch, come to the Capitol, and have it the same time during the uh, day of prayer. And uh, we got a pretty good turnout at that time, uh, during that uh, time frame. 
the noon hour. And both uh, Heather and I did the emceeing part of it. Mm-hmm. I did it for the first few years. I think Heather's done it for the last five or six years. And um, uh, the time frame changed, and it didn't. We didn't particularly like it. We liked it at the noon hour, but it had to do with the historical society giving tours. And uh, so we didn't lose out to another organization. We lost out to um, the people that run the run the state capitol. Um, we we didn't particularly appreciate that, but there wasn't much we could do about it. Um, because when you had it during the lunch hour, a lot of the staff members would come down and take their bring their lunch down and sit there. And the staff members are just as important as the legislators because they're the ones that help formulate a lot of the responses. They're the ones who do a lot of the research. And they're also the ones who are tomorrow's legislators. So there's still an important voice uh, that, or an important listening um, audience that we like to have. And we've even had uh, audience members from the day of prayer come and visit us. They'll mosey in and just uh, hear what we have to say and... They're mostly there to uh, see if we're signs. actually real people. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have horns? Um, we hide them very carefully. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you a story about Dan Hall, Senator Dan Hall, who's who did the um, um, who did the uh, uh, In God We Trust bill this last year, and he used to come and he was part of the Day of Prayer for many years, so he would come there and um, in his he ran a ministry called the uh, Capital Chaplaincy. And he didn't believe that we were actually real people for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that he's elected, he thinks like I'm his best buddy. And he always gets a photo with me and everything. But he, he's afraid to speak to us. Uh, we'd be more than happy to let him hawk. We would like them to explain how the day his in God we trust applies to atheists. Um, he declined that offer, but we'll we'll keep offering it. We'd like to hear his. We'd like to hear him explain it to a secular group. Um, a number of, of uh, board members of Minnesota Atheists have spoken at the Rotunda over the years, have they not? Any, any idea how many? Oh, just about everybody associated with Minnesota Atheists has spoken. In fact, almost everybody associated with any secular group in the state has participated in the Day of Reason thing. So one year we did 30 years of, of atheism, and we had everybody from every group in the state come and speak. So that's very encouraging. So under the umbrella of secularism and advocacy of a secular viewpoint, you've, in a sense, sort of blazed the way for other groups to to come in and also uh, share the spotlight. Yeah, everybody's had a chance to participate and share the spotlight, and we've included Unitarians. Uh, you know, last year we also had a Elon Omar, a uh, Muslim legislator, come and speak. Um, we've had Unitarians come and speak. Um, anybody who wants to speak, we're willing to let them have um, a few moments. Well, please stay with us through the break. We'll return to Atheist Talk with Joseph Humrich and Heather Heggie and Steve Peterson. I'm Hertzie Hertz, and you're listening to AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Welcome back to AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. 
You're tuned in to Atheist Talk, and I'm your host, Hertzie Hertz, in studio with today's guests of Joseph Homerick, Heather Heggie, and Steve Peterson. Before we get back, however, I want to remind everyone listening that immediately following the program, you can listen to American Atheist Viewpoint, an official production from American Atheists. Please note, you can always catch American Atheist Viewpoint by subscribing to the podcast version in iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or the podcast player of your choice. As for the here and now, if you'd like to get involved with the conversation with Joseph, Heather, and Steve this morning, you can call us at 952-946-6205, email us at radio at mnatheists.org, or tweet us at at Atheist Talk. Well, Steve, Heather, Joseph, welcome back. Um. Hersey, do you mind if I ask the next question? I was going to say, you can ask all the questions, because you know me, I'm going to make bad jokes and awkward silences. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Um, Steve and Heather, could you tell us a little bit more about this year's activities around the Day of Reason? Um, this year, we held a candidate forum for those running for statewide positions of uh, governor, U.S. Senate, uh, Secretary of State, and Attorney General. We invited candidates to answer uh, a question at the forum, just one simple question, so one simple response was needed, and they could elaborate on their response. The question we asked was, how will your personal views on religion be separated from how you administer our secular government? Uh, And we didn't really feel a need to have uh, some people... uh, we get a little bit of uh, press coverage on it, and they were interested in why we just asked one question. And really, it, from our point of view of separation of state and church, it gets to the idea of... I actually have to interrupt you, because actually we have a call from Dan in Hopkins, um, to which his question... sounds like his question is, if there is no God, why do anything? Dan, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, oh, thanks. Hello. Hey, welcome to Atheist Talk. Thank you for letting me call in. Um, Yeah, this gentleman, is it Steve Peterson? I'm not sure that was saying that. He was involved politically on the steps of the Capitol and doing all these things for some, what, you know, um, for what he perceives to be a noble cause. My point is, when atheism, we are random molecules, and we came about through random chance, and there is no meaning. What? What? What's the meaning? <clears throat> what's the point? We, we die. We go to nothing. We come from nothing. We we don't know how we came here. But <clears throat> you see what I'm saying? You're fighting for all these causes, but really there is no ultimate meaning. Well, Dan, because I, I we're actually, all random. Go ahead. Dan, I, I actually have to argue with you on that. Um, the idea of there being no meaning because we're random chance. Well we get to make our meaning. For example, we want to make sure that we have a representative government that understands that there are a lot of different religions out there, and to hold one up over another is not exactly a great way of doing things. And since we're all here and we all do have to live with each other, it would probably be best if we just left religion do its thing and the government to do its thing, which brings at least one meaning. I'm sure all of us here who... I know at least three of us have participated in the Day of Reason, and all of us are participating in the Minnesota Atheists, could probably tell you multiple ways in which we have a meaning and a purpose in our lives. For example, one but of mine is to wake up every morning and talk about atheism. Well, every Sunday Yeah, but morning. I mean, there is no point. 
I mean, well, then why, are, why do you even bother to call us if that's the case? You know, it here's well, because the thing. I, because no, you guys are thing. wrong and you're deceived. Oh, you're okay. Thinking. Now you got to the oh, point. Oh, so we're deceived. Yeah, you're, you're, the, you're the one who's so, smart. Okay. So, okay. You know, yeah, I, we so, got to where you're can at. I, hey. Can I ask who we're being deceived by? You're by deceiving Dan. yourself. <laughs> you're, you're thinking ourselves. there is no creator <clears throat> because you don't want to believe in a creator. Yeah, okay. So this is your bias that you're It's abundantly evident that there is. It's infinite complexity to yeah, life, okay. and there is meaning to life, but if you don't believe there's a creator, then there is no point. Okay, thanks, Dan. We, Thank we you, appreciate Dan. your input on it, even though it was a little condescending. Um, but here's the thing. We participated in it because we're part of society. Mm-hmm. Evolution has evolved us into a social animal, and as a social animal, we participate in the same as the people for the day of prayer show up. They show up to try and influence the government. Well, we show up to try and influence the government as an alternative point of view. And I suppose if you want meaning, well, the meaning is we're both there to do our own thing. And that's the way our, our species has evolved. It's evolved into a competitive, um, not only a competitive organism, but we've evolved into a competitive intellectual experience. And that's what we're doing. We're participating the same as the people for day of prayer are participating. And Dan, I encourage you to participate the same as everybody else does. Um, so when we did this uh, um, part on the candidate form, uh, it was interesting. We only needed one question because it got to exactly how people govern. And I would be concerned if somebody was governing from the perspective Dan had, just as Dan would be concerned about probably somebody from our perspective. And that was the intent of the question, was to get down to how somebody thinks. And are they somebody who's a critical thinker and wants to evaluate how we evolve and how we give meaning and how we will participate in government? And that was the intent of the question. And we received a variety of different answers. We received answers from people we didn't think would ever respond. We received an answer from a Republican who didn't agree with us at all. He came from the day of prayer, brought a whole entourage with him. But that he was, was an uh, interesting one. <laughs> it was interesting. His idea on, on abortion had somebody so upset that she left it. She says, where did he go? I have to talk to him. <laughs> um, but he came and gave us the time of day and was willing to give his answers to this, to this question to a group of people that he thought probably might not agree with him. So you respect somebody who does that. We appreciated that people with different points of view participated. And that's part of why we're there. We're there to improve how people govern. And, uh, and some people gave great answers. And then some people had no negative consequences. They still got endorsed. And we can't forget, we also had an opening speaker to the candidate forum. We invited uh, doctoral candidate Evan Stewart uh, from the Department of Sociology at the, Univ- at the University of Minnesota. Uh, his dissertation work examines the political impact of the growing non-religious population in the United States, which that was a a wonderful opening to the candidate forum to speak about the political impact of atheists. That was actually one of my favorite speakers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we will be having him on uh, Atheist Talk because I feel that that's a very large 
question is, what is our political climate going to? Sorry, Joseph, I interrupted your awesome questions. <laughs> uh, not at all. And I'm, I'm very sorry. It looks like we may be closing out the uh, current segment, and I'll probably get into um, uh, my questions in our next segment. Ah, uh, sad face. Well, we'll return with our guests, Joseph, Heather, and Steve. Please stay with us. I'm Hertzie Hertz, and you're listening to Atheist Talk on KTNF AM 950. Atheist Talk on AM 950 KTNF. I'm your host, Hertzie Hertz, and I would say we are having a wonderful conversation with Joseph, Joseph, Heather, and Steve. Before we continue with this conversation, which will be our final segment with Joseph, Heather, and Steve, there is a bit of housekeeping I need to attend to. Atheist Talk is produced with the funding from Minnesota Atheists and Cucumbers Restaurant in Dinah, Minnesota. Please consider visiting our sponsors, and if you do, let them know that you appreciate their support of Atheist Talk. If you'd like to advertise on the program and help keep us on the air, please contact us at radio at mnatheist.org. I also want to note the group of dedicated volunteers and the generous donations of you, our listeners. You help keep Atheist Talk on the air and in podcast form. And Steve, I actually forgot to email you to ask for the Atheist of the Week, so would you do the honors and tell us who it is? Um, I do, do not think we had a, uh, I, I hate to say it, there wasn't an atheist of a week. We're waiting for that person out there. If you're out there and you're willing to help support this program, you should do it. You can be the atheist of the week next week. Absolutely, which we you can do so by going to our radio fund page or our Patreon at www.patreon slash atheist talk. Minnesota Atheist is a 501c3 tax-deductible organization, and we couldn't do this show without you, and we deeply appreciate your support. Music for Atheist Talk is by composer and Bren Burbent Michael Davis and is used with permission. Please note all opinions are of the guest and host only and do not necessarily reflect those of Minnesota Atheist as an organization. As always, check out the Minnesota Atheist website for a podcast of previous programs. You can browse articles, book reviews, and peruse a calendar of upcoming events. You can also sign for the sign up for the Atheist Weekly email, which will give you links to upcoming events. We always have a ton of in, a ton of events going on in the Twin Cities and the outlying suburbs. If you enjoy this show and all that Minnesota Atheist has to offer, please consider becoming a member of Minnesota Atheist while you're on the website. Membership has some great perks. Check out the hows and whys on the website. And with all that relevant and relevant and useful information out of the way, let's get back to our conversation with Joseph, Heather, and Steve. Joseph, I bet you got another burning question in your pocket. I do actually, Hershey. Thank you. <laughs> Steve and Heather... I understand that during your presentations at the uh, state capitol on the Day of Reason, you display a banner. And what does the banner say? Minnesota Atheist. Okay, uh, and I understand that there is some controversy within Minnesota Atheist about displaying that banner. Sure, it always comes up. And this was right from the first time we ever uh, participated. Even within our own, we get it from other other people who say, but also within our own group, well, you know, if you didn't have the atheist banner up there, you'd have more participation by legislators. And that's a true statement. I mean, it is true. Um, and it's something we evaluate from time to time. But at the same point, we're not there to make legislators comfortable. We're there to make them comfortable with us and our point of view on separation of state and church. So if we took the banner down... Um, and made it more ecumenical or some sort of thing, a lot of us feel that it would be a, um, a reduction in our voice. Because, and it also 
When you're lobbying legislators, honesty is your best policy. Let them know exactly who you are and what your goals are, and they can respect you for that. I found that over time, when we've lobbied and we've lobbied straightforward as Minnesota atheists, we've gotten much more respect. Uh, we haven't always been successful, um, but what we're lobbying on is an extraordinarily high hill to climb. And you have to start on the small rungs, and you have to establish your voice as a competent voice that's reliable and predictable. And we have done that, and slowly over time we've made some inroads. And legislators have gotten comfortable with us. Even those people who uh, have a derogatory point of view have gotten used to us. Senator Dan Hall, the theocrat who wants to put in God we trust in all the public schools, has gotten used to us being there. And so we're part of the fabric now. And, and that's part of keeping our message the way it is. You, st you always have to reevaluate it, and maybe uh, as time goes on, we may have to change how it works. But for right now, it's something that's effective for us because it lets them know who we are. Um, legislators who have, we've had legislators who have come out and said, well, gee, I'm not really religious myself. Well, they wouldn't have done that if we weren't there. We've had legislators who are Jewish who have come and spoke and said, I agree with you on separation of state and church. We've had the only open Muslim legislator. I remember when Elon Omar came, she looked at our sign, kind of thought about it, and then she started speaking, and we were another group of like-minded people because we agreed on separation of state and church. And, uh, and we had uh, actually the first person who ran for governor last year, uh, Tina Liebling, came down and spoke. She said, I'm running for governor, and I'm probably the only one who will speak to you. And that's one, one reason we did the candidate forum. She was a legitimate uh, candidate for the Democratic nomination at that time, and she said, well, I'm a Christian. And we said, okay, well, that's great. We're glad to have you here. So there is some controversy within ourselves. Um, we would get more attention if the atheist sign were were minimized or are not there, but then at the same time, that's our niche. People do not mistake us for anything else. <laughs> they go, atheist? And some people think we're artists. I've had that happen before, but um, uh, we're there to, to make a statement and to get people comfortable with who we are. I do, I do have to giggle that the, the people are coming in and they're, they're telling us, like, well, I'm a, I'm a Christian. It's like, do you, do you want a cookie? Yeah. <laughs> you no, and, you it's and interesting. People like, tell stories about Susan Allen came, representative. She's Native American. She came and told us a story about, and most of us atheists know this story, about her ancestors that the U.S. government uh, used religious schools to divide out their families and destroy their culture during the 1850s and everything else. Well, most of us know that story because we're sensitive to the impact of religion on society. But she was able to tell that story to us because she knew we were a sympathetic audience. Heather, do you have something to add on that topic of the sign being displayed? I'm definitely for atheism being displayed because I... Uh, feel that people need to know that we exist and we we matter and we are a a voting block. Hmm. Uh, to follow up with you, Heather, um, you go to the state capitol, you and a whole bunch of other people. 
uh, from different religions, from secular organizations, uh, that sort of thing. It's open, it's public, everyone sees you. Has there been any negative consequence to doing this? Definitely, well, not for me personally, and uh, and also not for the legislators that have came and spoken to us. Uh, I remember um, when Mike Freiberg first spoke to us, he was worried that it would come up in a re-election campaign that, oh, he spoke to these atheists, and he was very pleased or uh, that... It never came up. It was never an issue. Yeah, and he actually, um, he came one year and um, uh, Doug Rowe, who writes now for MinPost, was doing a story on the Day of Reason. And uh, Mark Ritchie, who was Secretary of State, had given the welcoming, but he wasn't comfortable, you could tell it. And um, uh, so he got out of there as fast as he could and Doug Rowe wrote about that, how humorous it was. But he asked Mike Freiberg, Mike Freiberg, he said, you know, this is going to come up in your re-election campaign. <laughs> and he said, well, I suppose it probably will. And the next year he came down and he said, huh, a funny thing. It never came up in my re-election campaign. So for legislators who have spoken to this event, uh, there were no negative consequences over all these years. None of them had any negative consequences. And even when we did this candidates forum, uh, Two people made, uh, 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 a number of them still got endorsed. So there was no negative consequences for them. Yeah. Uh, the candidate for attorney general, Matt Pelican with the DFL, he spoke to us and he got the DFL uh, endorsement. And Julie Bahoff, her state auditor, she provided a written response for the candidate form, that which was read, and she ended up getting endorsed by the DFL. Hmm. And she's running against a libertarian, uh, Chris Dodd, who also participated. Um, so the negative consequence fear factor has not played out to be a true um, consequences. Um, it actually has been the other way. There's been no negative consequences that we know of. Uh, there's probably also been no political benefit, but there has been no negative benefit. I don't know. I'm I'm pretty excited when I ever see someone go, huh, maybe, well, maybe. Yeah. When you spoke that one year having about abortion and the uh, handmaiden walking around was pretty extraordinary. I, I totally admit that was totally not planned at all. No, not at all. <laughs> Please note the sarcasm in my voice. <laughs> so were there any other activities other than your uh, presentations at the uh, Capitol Rotunda that occur on the Day of Reason? Well, um, this is. There are hundreds of. There are so many different activities that could happen, and this is one thing that I suspect the day of reason is going to ch change to. The state capital is is one area, but around the country, different groups are doing all kinds of things for the day of reason. Some do a public service operation. Some donate blood. Uh, some go around to not state capitals. They go around to city halls and where they're having day of prayer things, and then they're given alternative programs. And I think that can be rather effective. Uh, one of our members in Rochester is just talking about that they have a day of prayer that their city officials are all participating in. And that might be something that might be an evolution to evolve to. 
the capital has one one thing, but there are other ideas that can be done that are just af- as effective for groups to do. And I think Minnesota atheists might look at some of the alternatives to say this might be something we may want to do also. Because city governments all do these day of prayer things. They do them because they think it is politically acceptable. And there's no pushback of any real organized pushback. And I think that that there could be good organized pushback and it would make a difference on the local level. And I think that's probably something that may happen over the next few years. Has it caught on in any other states that you're aware of? Yeah, the American Humanist Association has a, a dedicated website to the Day of Reason. And now there is, um, I actually didn't know this until I did a little research for this program. There must be endorsements by, I think, close to 150 local secular groups around the country. So there's people doing it. A lot of these groups are rather small and not overly uh, effective, but it really doesn't take a whole lot to show up and have a different point of view. So at the grassroots level, I think that state by state, there's starting to be a lot more activity surrounding this. So it, I, in the long run. And then there was a... Um, uh, there was just a uh, a law passed or legislation passed nationally by this representative Honda, a uh, Democrat, from uh, to endorse a National Day of Reason. So um, there is momentum going on nationally and locally in a lot of places. And in Minnesota, I would encourage any group that has a secular point of view to come up with a Day of Reason idea and do it. The more creative ideas that we have, the more effective we'll be. Well, well, i got to stop us there, unfortunately. But thank you for tuning into Atheist Talk. We'd love for you to join us again next Sunday, which should be another exciting episode. The podcast show will be on the radio page as soon as we're able. Have a great Sunday, and remember to stick around through this brief commercial break for the American Atheist Viewpoint. Yeah.